Amanda Lai, Senior Manager at McMillan Doolittle. Amanda, welcome to the show. What should we be looking for in terms of the status of the consumer through these retail sales numbers we're gonna see this week? Morning, Oliver. Always a pleasure. Uh, when we look at the status of retail sales uh, in the U.S. today, it's important to kind of look at where we were a year ago just to set the stage. This time last year, over the three-week period between mid-March to early April, the majority of the country was going into lockdown with stay-at-home orders being implemented. Uh, COVID cases during this time period went from 9,000 cases to nearly 400,000 cases. So the retail industry was really hammered by store closures, dining restrictions, and other policies that really hurt the discretionary retail sector this year, last year. Um, so now we'll jump ahead to this year, and we're really seeing some kind of over-the-top, you know, jaw-dropping comp sales for some of these categories that that are really rebounding from a dismal year, year last year. Um, so with that in mind, and then just general reopening, we're seeing some great positivity and optimism around the retail sector. Overall, you know, the stock market rallied last week, the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones had record highs, the NASDAQ uh, delivered another strong weekly gain, and a number of macro factors are really driving this overall in uh, investor and consumer confidence. We had a stronger than expected March jobs report, vaccine rollout is well ahead of schedule with over 300, 3 million Americans vaccinated per day, and massive government stimulus and significant increases in cash among investors really driving these overall um, numbers that we see today. The Federal Reserve themselves is also you know, pretty optimistic as well, stating that the economy is about to start growing much more quickly, uh, in part due to this rapid job growth um, that we're observing. So things, there's a lot of, things there's a lot of good stuff about. here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, does uh, does 5.6% seem like a reasonable estimate uh, from your team's analysis? Uh, it's, it's reasonable. Uh, we'll have to see how this plays out. There's a number of other factors you have to take into consideration. You know, the retail sector itself is poised to do well, but uh, there is certainly going to be competition from uh, the other discretionary sectors and restaurants, travel, entertainment, things that will really kind of challenge the, the core uh, CPG retail brands. Um, and overall, you have to keep in mind that um, you know, there are parts of the retail industry that have struggled prior to the pandemic and may continue to struggle. Uh, the mall traffic uh, overall had been struggling. Brick and mortar has faced challenges with the rise of e-commerce. But that aside, I think overall we should see some uh, positive growth over the next quarter or two. Some of the things that you mentioned there um, is contributing to this, of course, the status of uh, the employment situation, which we've seen has been improving through the numbers. Stimulus obviously has been helping uh, folks get through this period and then kind of the natural organic recovery coming with the vaccines going out. When we think about the sustainability of the prints we're gonna get in this first kind of stage of snapback, what of those is gonna be the most important to determining if whatever strength we see can continue? Is it going to be dependency on stimulus or for example, could we not get any more checks and still see the types of strength that we're getting based on just kind of the economic recovery? What do you think is gonna be the most important to driving this going forward? Um, you know, there'll be a number of factors we'll have to pay attention to. Um, Overall, we can keep an eye on what the Federal Reserve is saying. They just raised their GDP forecast to 6.5% from 4.2% for 2021. Overall, consumer confidence has reached an all-time high since the start of the pandemic. You know, February was at an index of 90, and now it's jumped to nearly 110. So that really speaks to just uh, the overall macro factors that are driving this. Um, in addition, what investors should be kind of thinking about is just 
really shifting their strategy uh, from being more pandemic focused um, to looking at more reopening focused uh, companies and stocks uh, as things shift into the next stage of, uh, of where we are in this um, pandemic. Some of these companies are trading at multi-year highs that go well before COVID. I mean, uh, we heard the case last week uh, for why L Brands can keep going, for example. Uh, Gap has made some specific kind of lineup changes that have helped um, for these companies that have now gotten to multi-year uh, trading highs in their stock. Uh, does it generally make sense? Are they going to have a harder time going forward? Or did companies like L Brands and Gap really take this as an opportunity in your mind to kind of fix what was broken? Sure. Yeah, looking at L Brands, Tapestry, Gap, for example, you know, they've certainly benefited from some of these overall trends that we've seen with the pandemic recovery, but you kind of have to look closely at each of their individual strategies to understand why they are uh, you know, being a kept, kept close eye on, just given that they are positioning themselves for long-term success, not just um, you know, short-term gains. L Brand, which has the Bath & Big Body Works, Victoria's Secret, Pink, um, they've certainly benefited from the at-home trends within the Bath & Body Works profile. Victoria's Secret has done well in staging its turnaround, bringing back swimwear, and really repositioning itself on in light of what the you know the new consumer is looking for, uh, Tapestry is another one that's done well with Coach Kate Spade, Stuart Weitzman. Uh, they've really focused on their acceleration program, aimed at becoming a more lean and responsive organization, and, and significantly ramped up their data and analytics capabilities. Gap is another strong performer, um, arguably one of the strongest performers in retail stocks over the past year, uh, because they were really. Um, aggressive and pivoting to their digital channels in light of the pandemic. And so they've certainly, um, all these brands have benefited from just quick action and, and really leveraging uh, the trends coming out of the pandemic. One of the things we talked about earlier today for the cruise lines is that their need to take on debt changed uh, what these companies are structurally from like a balance sheet perspective. Are there any, any businesses, any companies or uh, kind of themes that investors you think should be aware of as having uh, more risk still, even in that kind of reopening environment? The idea with the cruises is okay, they can get back to some degree of normal, but they now have this huge debt overhang. Are there other kind of landmines in this area investors should be aware of? Uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, you know, retail itself you know, is looking good on paper, but it really requires looking at each individual company to understand the overall trends, whether it's really just for short-term games or they're making um, long-term strides, like we've seen with all brands, Tapestry Gap, for example. Uh, brick and mortar is still facing significant challenges uh, with uh, the reopening, but also prior to the pandemic entirely. And so really understanding how companies are leveraging their fleets uh, and how much they're you know, transitioning or pivoting between their brick and mortar and e-commerce sales is a really key factor in understanding who will flourish and, and who will fade into irrelevance. Okay, Amanda, thanks for the details. I appreciate the assessment here on a busy week. Thanks, Oliver. Thank you, Amanda Lai, Senior Manager at McMillan Doolittle with the setup for retail sales. You gotta wait till Thursday for that one, but never too early to be prepared.